everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Zach on Film. Joining us, like always, Steven Schleicher. Wow. Oh, Steven, you seem in the mood for this movie. I am. Uh, this week we are watching the Shaw Brothers. Some yeah. Classic kung fu of the, uh, the 70s. I mean, when we talk kung fu movies, this is the kind of stuff that, as a kid, if you had the right channel, you could watch this on Saturday uh, afternoons. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. What this was, was the channel? Stuff uh, it would have to be one of the cable channels, which oh, okay. I didn't have. But you know, in the in the late seventies, early eighties, when these things were coming to America and getting on cable TV and and those kinds of things, and then again in the eighties and early nineties when they came out on VHS, this was like stuff that you were into, and like kids would talk about in school on Monday. It's like, oh, did you see the the flying <laughs> fist of the dragon dragon hands, or did you see Tiger Strikes, and uh, or did you see? Uh, flying guillotine, or what most people end up seeing is the master of the flying guillotine, which is the uh, unofficial sequel to the flying guillotine. Right, because I was paranoid in that I actually watched the wrong movie this week for a long time because I yeah. started watching Master of Guillotine because it's on YouTube. You mm-hmm. can just watch it on. Oh there. yeah, you can find a lot of the Shaw Brother movies on YouTube with English either subtitles or overdubs or or whatever. I don't know how legal that is because there's one oh, I that no I idea. saw was a <laughs> listing of them and about half of them had been deleted because of oh, copyright yeah, infringement. Sure. Stuff, I, so. If if you want to watch The Flying Guillotine or if you've also stumbled upon The Master of Guillotine, they're both on Amazon mm-hmm. uh, Prime streaming, and so also, you're good. And also iTunes. Uh, yeah. Flying Guillotine is, is on iTunes. Now, this is a 1974 movie, and this may be – I don't want to say want to say this is the best Shaw Brothers film because there's a lot of other ones that just go crazy over the top. But this is this one that – I think really kind of demonstrated. And again, we're in the middle of the seventies and there's stuff that came out in the late sixties. I mean, Bruce Lee craze and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. This is like violent. I mean, this particular f- film is not so much, but th- when you get into this genre, this era of the Kung Fu movie, things get overly violent. The more blood you can get, the more Kung Fu you can get mm-hmm. in there, the more wire work you can get in there. Um, you know, the more interesting it is, especially to the younger audience. Mm. And so flying guillotine is kind of got its roots in actual history because at one point there was an emperor who wanted a new weapon. Mm -hmm. And even though records, I mean, actual drawings of this thing have been destroyed or lost through time, there are descriptions that I guess is what they used to inspire to be used for the weapon in this movie. Yeah, which is crazy because the flying guillotine is this contraption a character comes up with in the movie after this emperor needs two people assassinated discreetly. Right. And he sees a guy throwing one of those spinny top things on a string in the air, mm-hmm. people balancing plates. He's like, oh, we'll make a death frisbee, essentially. Yeah, it's kind like, of what uh, it is. Uh, like a death frisbee hat. A death, fr- a death, a death frisbee hat. Yeah. Uh, where you toss it up to 100 yards. Yeah. It has blades on the outside. Mm-hmm. But then if when it lands on the target's head, yeah. it drops down a contraption. Mm-hmm. And then you pull your string, yeah, and it like, these blades, three close. blades, chop off your neck, uh-huh. <laughs> cut you off the neck, and you just yank it really hard, and it flies right back to yeah. you, and you have a new head, yeah, in your hand or in your yeah. pocket, yeah. And it's 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 really I, there is a video <laughs> on YouTube that I was watching earlier today because I was just looking for some Shaw Brothers stuff, and he goes the ten most intense uh, beheadings in flying guillotine. And it's literally every single uh, beheading in order from beginning to end of that movie. So you can go on there and look for like 10 beheadings of flying guillotine and you will find all the beheadings. And 
you know, to be for those people that have never seen this and I'm talking about blood and guts and gore, um, there are people that are losing their heads. But in this case, it's like when the head comes off or when the the flying guillotine goes flying back, um, it's more like someone's got a paper mache neck and it's been painted red on the top yeah. and it falls down and people are like, Wah! or um, you cut away as soon as the head, as soon as the guillotine starts to retract and you see that there's no head there, you cut away instantly to someone's reaction. Right. Or in the case of one, I think it was a governor, where he was in his little um, uh, cart, Oh, and uh, the guillotine goes cutting through the paper and goes flying back out, and then, then the servants are like, Master, Master, what's the matter? And they yeah. open up the door. You never see anything except for their reaction of their screams. A lot of it is the person who's just been beheaded, mm-hmm. like, from waist down, just, like, writhing yeah, on the yeah, floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now, if that would be done today... Oh, it'd be, it'd there would be, be like arterial spray and yeah. like spurting and, you know, all sorts of gore and, and mayhem going on. Uh, just think um, Quentin Tarantino oh, yeah. and Kill Bill. Yeah. And that's kind of what today's would be. And, and actually, we're going to be looking at a modern day uh, kung fu movie inspired by the stuff of the Shaw Brothers mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, but you can kind of see where people get the inspiration of, oh, how do I amp this up? How do I amp this up? How do I amp this up? And uh, and so this is kind of this neat beginning part. Now, there, I want to say there were five. Are there five? Yeah, five sequels or five oh movies gosh. about the flying guillotine because it was so yeah. popular. A couple of them, um, there were two sequels that were uh, unauthorized sequels or just, you know, okay. made by another uh, another group. <laughs> Studio, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then um, and then the first one and then then an official sequel. And then another one after that, just because it was so crazy popular. And this ran over the course of three years, five sequels. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. That is amazing that just a weapon can inspire so many movies. It's such a cool, it is such a cool weapon. I mean, here's this thing you throw like a Frisbee. Mm -hmm. So you've got some accuracy on it. And in this film, we have a team of 12 assassins who have been hired um, by the, the king from the king's guard or the emperor's guard who are being trained by the creator of this thing. And then they're going out at night and they're committing these assassinations on people who even just question what the emperor is doing, not disagree with him, just going, are you sure you want to do that off with his head? And Mm -hmm. so they'll go out in the middle of the night. And then they go sneaking (laughs) off, skulking off back into the night. And so the thing is uh, at the beginning of this movie, and this is why I think this movie is actually a really, really, really good movie. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's got a lot of story behind it because right. halfway through these, you know, this team is all like, Hey, we're awesome. We're good. And then they're like, why are we beheading these guys? That's like a governor guy. He's not too bad. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them start to question it. And then the King's like off with their heads and right. one of them escapes. And so the last half of the movie is all about, let's chase down this guy. And it gets pretty intense. It's about, you know, the morals and standards of, yeah. do you go blindly following what your King says or is it okay to question it and potentially die? Yeah, there's a lot of interesting themes in the Flying Guillotine that, based off the title, you never would have actually assumed because mm-hmm. it's about a flying uh, spiral of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, right in the beginning of the film, when the man first creates the Flying Guillotine and displays it for the Emperor, the Emperor's like, oh, wait, no, 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 too good. We have to kill you. You could kill me at any moment. Right. And so it's like a paranoid emperor mm-hmm. throughout this entire thing mm-hmm. of constantly being worried about people trading on him and uh, essentially using this unstoppable weapon mm-hmm. to murder the emperor. So that entire theme, it, r- it runs through most of the movie until we got to the last 
30, 45 minutes where the Emperor kind of drops out and it's more of the 12 trained assassins who now have to like duke it out to see who actually is going oh, yeah. to kill the Emperor. And this takes place over the course of years because yeah. uh, at one point uh, when uh, our hero escapes, he has a fight and he's a little bloodied. And a little um, street performer woman finds him and shelters him and, and heals him. And then they fall in love mm. and they go run off to be farmers together and they have a kid. And by the time this movie ends, the kid is toddler like running three. around. So he's yeah. like three years old. So it's three years of them on the run from these assassins. And the emperor has said, go out and find this guy. Because if anybody finds out about this, it's all over and you're mm. all going to be dead if you don't bring him in. And so they're like, oh, my God, we got to go find this guy. And uh, there's one guy who is his rival, his main rival, um, you know, how it is in these training videos and yeah. these training montages. <laughs> um, there's always one guy who's best and the other guy who thinks he's the best, but keeps getting mm. be- beat out. So therefore, he is my mortal enemy. Yeah. Again, like even that is such a good premise mm-hmm. of jealousy mm-hmm. and not being able to take not being the best. And uh, I, I was just continually impressed that the flying guillotine wasn't what actually the master of the flying guillotine is. It's just like an, like an hour and a half of fighting yeah, uh, in like a tournament style. Uh, so I was like, Oh, Hey, you know what? a what a strange way to get into some really interesting plot points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was just like, I, when I, cause we laughter last week's episode. We watched or two weeks ago. We watched the trailer for the flying guillotine mm-hmm. and it is literally just a montage of throwing yeah, yeah. the thing. It was a pretty bad one that, that iTunes had. I, I did find some better ones oh, on, really? on YouTube that I will put up uh, and, and share when this episode goes live, which I think is, is interesting. But the, the weird thing about this now, there's so many things that we can go into, but the one thing people will notice right away when they're watching the trailer is the super odd dubbing that has been gone on. Now for years, oh, people always yes. make fun of the, Oh, the, uh, the, the lips don't line up. And you know, that's a big funny gag when mm-hmm. we translate those kinds of things. But this one sounds like people are yelling into a, you know, like a styrofoam cup to do these yeah. lines. It literally sounds like, hello there, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, Why would really you run bad. away from me like this? And I'm like, what's, <laughs> what's going on? I cannot figure out why it sounds so bad like that. Mm-hmm. And little echoey, and, and you could just say, well, it's just the technology at the time. But I literally think that they were in a room watching the movie as it was being projected and just, and just started talking it. over it, you know? Yeah, because that was interesting because I believe the YouTube version mm-hmm. of it is subtitled. Oh, okay. And so I started watching, obviously it was the wrong movie, but <laughs> <laughs> but I watched, oh, so no, actually it wouldn't be the right movie. I was watching two different films. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I was watching a movie in subtitles, which is fine. I love, I like watching movies in subtitles. Oh, sure. And then I switch over to the Amazon after I figure I'm watching the right movie. <laughs> and it's dubbed. And I go, oh, not as fun. Or maybe is the iTunes version is dubbed too? Nope, it's not dubbed. It's, it's, it's subtitled? The, it's the, no, it's the, I mean, it is dubbed. It's voiceover. Oh, it's is got it? the bad voiceover. Yeah, it sucks. It. Yeah. It's really bad. It, it's, I mean, it's annoying, but you make it, you make it through. Yeah, you got to turn the volume up a little bit. And I, and, and here's the other weird thing about this film. As good as this movie is, and as many people that really love the Flying Guillotine movies, and Master Master Flying Guillotine, I guess, is, is probably more popular. It's probably one that I'll, I'll watch. But there is not even a Wikipedia entry for Flying Guillotine. Yeah, it's really odd. Why do you think that is? I put it in there enough, and I think there might be one, but the title is in Chinese. Oh, right, right. So you never would actually 
probably think Judy it's right. G. That's yeah. an IMDb thing. Oh, yeah, I, no, yeah, yeah, it is IMDb. It's not even Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah, and there's like no Rotten Tomato reviews of it. Mm-mm. I found one weird, like non-big a movie site that had a review of the flying guillotine and nothing else. Everything just automatically starts going back to master the flying guillotine. Right. And so I don't understand why this film flying guillotine doesn't get as much love because you know, it's still Shaw brothers. Mm -hmm. It's like we are starting the craze of the flying guillotine movies and uh, it's has a lot of solid backstory and plot devices. It's it's, it's really good. It's not just like cheese ball action all the time, mm-hmm. uh, but it's got, it has some, it's got some good fights. And, and one yeah, thing that I yeah, one thing good. that I notice, and, and again, this is something that we can look at as as this evolves. Now, of course, we've seen uh, the high the um, um, flying swords of Dragon's Gate, and we've seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but the martial arts in these films is rather interesting to look at because while you think that it would be super fast, uh, fast cuts and everything, they really keep it medium wide shots Mm -hmm. through the most of this film and the film that we're going to see next time. And the action is really kind of slow. Like it's very choreographed, but it's at a, I guess it would be like at a you and me speed choreographed (laughs) or like if you and I were to do this, this is about the speed where where it's at as opposed to the stuff that people might be familiar with from uh, maybe Ip Man, if they have seen that or the matrix movies Mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, It's just a, it's a really different take. But I remember as a kid, catching some of these on HBO or in, in other places and just being amazed at, Oh, I got to go take some karate classes because I need to learn how to, how to fight. Like, mm-hmm. you know, these guys do. Uh, so that's something that people need to, to be aware of. And the other thing people need to be aware of is, that, you know, this is, this is a Shaw brothers movie. And if you've never seen a Shaw brothers, it's got that big SB logo that kind of looks like a Warner brothers logo with kind of a, a, a glass textured background with lights going mm-hmm. on on it and a big sound, which is another thing that, I believe uh, Tarantino has borrowed from in the opening of his movies. The other thing is the Shaw brothers have made, made a thousand films as a production company, as these two brothers. What? Yeah. A thousand thousand? films, a thousand films. That's, this is their production company, right? Right, right, right. From like the 19, I want to say the mid 1960s up until about, uh, until about the, the eighties, uh, when they were sold. So over the course of about 20 years, wow, a thousand films, but they're just cranking this stuff out left and right. We'll, we'll talk more about the Shaw brothers. Uh, the next time we have an episode of Zach on film, Okay, but even the Shaw brothers on the Wikipedia page, I mean, I have seen B C listed actors who have a more in-depth Wikipedia page than, than the Shaw brothers do, which I think is really? somewhat, which I think is somewhat sad in a way. That these guys are not heralded as these are the people that made Kung Fu popular. Mm-hmm. And I, they're just, I, I just, again, people could say, oh, they're not getting their respect. Uh, I could look at their wiki page and, you know, you could go into uh, lots and lots and lots more detail than what they have here. And it would, it would kind of show you what people think of them based mm-hmm. on the length of the wiki page. So mm-hmm. that's, I'm just kind of throwing that out there that maybe some. Well, yeah, I, I is just. Everything has a Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. and the most mundane thing in the world has an intent. Well, except for in-depth. except for the Wikipedia pages that some of our fans created about six years ago, and they were deleted because they were because we were deemed not oh, no. not what was it not not important. It wasn't not important enough, but not um, 
specialized. I don't remember what it was. Seriously? Essentially, the pages were deleted. And the fan really spent a lot of time building a really cool wiki page. And then Wikipedia was just like, no, we're not going to do that. This That's is super lame. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a little a little bitter maybe, but uh, I didn't spend all the time building that. But, right. uh, yeah, you would think that Critical Hit would have a Wikipedia page. Yeah. Nope. Deleted. That's insane. Yes. Well, I mean, just insane. Not, like not this, relevant enough. That's what not, it relevant yes. enough? not relevant well, enough. Not relevant enough. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. boy. Quinter Gaines is a Wikipedia page. And more, I know, right? And more people listen and to Critical Hit every week than live in Quinter. Than live in Quinter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, anyway. it was just a shocking thing to not see anything on this movie mm-hmm. online. What What do you like about this movie? What What makes it work? I mean, if you were to, I mean, there are some fan uh, pages, some blogs where people are like, "Oh, here's why Flying Guillotine is 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 uh, really good." Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them are like, "Here's a list of all the best kung fu movies," and then it'll list Flying Guillotine and have one paragraph about it. But why Why is this a good film? I think Flying Guillotine, it, it it works because it takes the idea of a really unstoppable weapon mm, and mm-hmm. then puts people's reaction to that weapon around it. Like The central focus mm-hmm. is not the, the Flying Guillotine. It is how people react once they have an unstoppable weapon, essentially, yeah. in their hands and what it, it just does to the... I mean, to the Emperor... How he's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is this is bad uh, to the jealous guy because I think it just it exposes human nature instead right. of being like we have this ultimate weapon and we can do anything now. It exposes you know, the nature of humanity mm-hmm. when we have power and what we can do with it. And I just thought it worked really well because it wasn't like yeah. uh, crazy action, but it had a it had a really good. Mm-hmm. fight sequences and it mm-hmm. paced it out really well i thought one sequence that worked incredibly well and is like indicative of the action in the film is when our main character whose name i don't remember who right. had to flee right uh from the emperor is fighting two or three of the uh train 12 that came after him uh-huh. out in an alleyway yeah. while his wife is giving birth to their child mm-hmm. the midwife and so they keep mm-hmm. going back and forth between his wife giving birth and him fighting these people and just them going back through like this back and forth of fighting and agony of her. Yeah. It, and it is not, again, not the most, no one's flying through the air and bouncing yeah. off yeah, walls yeah, yeah. and snapping yeah. bones in this fight sequence, but right. just the editing worked incredibly well. And I think that's the kind of film it was. And maybe people don't like it or doesn't give it enough uh, notoriety because it's not over the top and. It's not just constant yeah. fighting for 90 minutes. And I think that when you look at some of these other films that are coming up, um, there is a lot more of that. Like next week, we're going to be looking at uh, the five venoms or as you can find it online, the five deadly venoms. Ooh. And it is really good. But there's a lot of there's a lot more fighting in there. And the story is a little bit not as coherent, mm-hmm. um, but it but it's but it has a lot more action in it Mm. uh and then as you progress and you see more of those movies probably about the time you hit 77 78 it really gets into just nonstop violence where people are getting their arms ripped off and (laughs) and crazy things that are happening and so yeah maybe you're right maybe people look at flying guillotine or master of the flying guillotine or the other flying guillotine movies and they're like well this one that we watched this week is is okay but it doesn't have the crazy action that i want in my my martial arts kung fu movies Mm -hmm. and 
and so I can see why that's kind of been maybe tossed uh, to the side as Wikipedia might might uh, might have seen the entry for flying guillotine and said, not relevant. Delete. <laughs> um, the thing that I like most about this movie is it does have a very it's it really focuses on the story mm. and it really has, has that question of kind of like in your area of of look at how the power corrupts people or changes people. But the dangers of just blindly following orders mm. mm-hmm. Uh, which is what these guys are doing at the first. And they think they're going to do something good until they realize the secret. And then they're like, Hey, we got to question this. And the, their trainer's like, ah, no, quiet on this. Or you're going to, you're going to be in trouble. And then one by one, they start murdering their own. Right. And then it's like, Oh, we got to speak up and, and, and get out of here. And, and it's just the, the flight part of that becomes very, very fascinating. Yeah. And I think continuing on that theme, the jealous trainee Mm -hmm. ends up, like betraying everyone and killing the guy who made right the the flying guillotine mm-hmm. and then all of the people's like hey what what the crap and the guy's like oh the the emperor said i could and yeah yeah like i'm in charge now and they're like all right whatever That's yeah cool. just don't yeah. like kill us i guess let, let, and then you know when it comes to especially when it comes to um the bad guys must always get their comeuppance and good guys mm. must always win. This has a very classic ending where oh, there's yeah. this giant uh, chase up the side of a, a cliff side by the ocean and uh, they're fighting. And of course the good guy gets the bad guy. And then the final shot is, you know, this 10,000 foot fall <laughs> of the guy uh, being beheaded and, and uh, <laughs> landing on the beach below. And then he goes back to his wife and kid and they all live happily ever after. Yeah. Or do they? I don't know. I have to watch master of the flying kitty. Yeah. It's a good ending. Yeah, I, I really, I, the I, ending is this is good too. I, I specifically it. like the ending because when the betrayer, as I will refer to him, uh, gets beheaded, he <laughs> a a clear like yeah, cotton yeah. stuff yeah, mache yeah. Uh, body flies down. off and he, like it falls <laughs> one way, then like an updraft pivot and it spins <laughs> backwards again, and it finally hits the ground. Yeah, I mean. Again, 1975, this uh, probably was, you know, shot and produced a couple of years before, a year before, or maybe even months before. But, you know, the technology just really isn't there. That's why I was saying when we look at, um, like, the heads being removed, there could have really been, um, you know, arterial spray and more grotesqueness. I mean, there's one one moment where the guy pulls the head out of flying guillotine, Mm -hmm. but it's clearly the actor just out of frame with paint (laughs) on his neck looking up going, oh, and, you know, but there's also some weird comedic moments, too. Like in one scene, someone gets beheaded. And then, as you said, they show these bodies twitching and writhing around. They actually do a point of view shot from the be- from where the beheaded head would be. And you see these hands are reaching out going <laughs> yeah. forward. And it's like, that's not quite how that works either. So there are some flaws in. Yeah. In some of the cinematography, the editing is interesting because they try to hide a lot of things that would fall apart through mm-hmm. editing. So you do get uh, occasionally these very quick edits that you're just like, Oh, what's going on. But I think the editing in this is very effective because you see the flying guillotine, you know, uh, so old man opens the window. He hears a noise outside. He opens mm-hmm. his window and he looks out cut to the flying guillotine flying towards them. Uh, cut back to the old man and his reaction. Uh, cut back to uh, the flying guillotine and then the f- cut to flying guillotine landing on the guy's head and dropping down mm-hmm. And then cut to um, the guy on the roof yanking the chain. Mm -hmm. Then you see the um, cut to the old guy's head starting to fly away in this thing. Then instantly, the minute that you start to see the head severed away, maybe a little bit longer depending, 
cut to someone who is witnessing this screaming in terror and then cut to the body writhing on the floor and then cut to uh, the guillotine landing back in the person's hand and him looking and then running off into the night. Yeah. I mean, it's very quick and very, it may feel a little choppy, but when you're trying to hide everything that you have to hide in here and make it look like someone's getting their head chopped off is very, very well done. Yeah. You have to hide the person not actually being beheaded. Mm -hmm. You also have to hide an actor trying to throw an incredibly awkward weapon through the air and so you get a lot of shots like looking up as the guillotine flies mm-hmm. through in slow motion. You can like mm-hmm. see the cord following it. And it's cool. And in some cases you can actually see when the guillotine is like sliding down a wire in the shot mm-hmm. as it's coming in a window kind of thing. Um, if people want a better idea of what this looks like, and I, I imagine that most of the people who are listening to this who have interest in this episode know what the flying guillotine looks like. But it looks like the top of a serving tray, right? Just oh, a sure. round circular yeah. serving tray. If you were yeah. to lift that up and put a little brim around it mm. and throw it, that's what it would, would look like. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. But I, I really enjoyed this movie more than I, I really thought I would. Yeah, absolutely. And I was really, really happy that they finally made a foil for the flying guillotine, mm-hmm. and it was just an umbrella. Yeah, because a umbrella. Because at one point, the, the main character is farming and mm-hmm. like one of the 12 secretly is trying to like help him escape and he he's just wearing a hat i go mm-hmm. oh please please let that be the foil of this <laughs> thing because clearly a hat is the end oh, of yeah. it because it's not going to be able to fall right how's it going to do anything right, exactly. it can't get down your neck exactly it should just be where everyone should have just worn a hat yep one of and those the, big round circular yeah, it would have been fine no yeah. one would have died yep and uh, it would have been game but over. But it still has a choppy properties, right? I mean, it's got the spinning oh, blade sure. around the yeah. outside. And at the one point when he does use his uh, metal umbrella to fling it back at the, the guy that's throwing yeah. it, the, the top <laughs> the, the top of the piece goes right through the guy's gut and kills him. Yeah, that, that was way. great. So, I mean, there's a lot of death in here. Don't get me, oh, don't yeah, get me wrong, listeners. There is a lot of death in here. Um, I'm also really impressed that no one lost a hand when the guillotine was coming back. Mm-hmm. They always had to catch it perfectly because there are yeah. all those blades on the outside yeah, yeah. that clearly could have just jacked him up. Even even next week's movie, um, Five Venoms, doesn't have a lot of, of bloody violence in it. There's this one scene where a guy goes into an Iron Maiden, and we'll talk about it next week. Mm-hmm. But when he comes back, you can just tell that they're just like, somebody had to take their finger in a drop of paint and just go all over his body because it doesn't even look like he's been injured kind of thing. So it's... Flying uh, the Five Venoms is also very very good film, but I think that that's another a couple of years jump forward so we can look and mm-hmm. see what kind of violence and more what we would expect from kung fu without going into crazy kung fu violence. Okay, and then the film that we'll see after that is The Man with the Iron Fist, which oh, is yeah. um, American take on the kung fu movies that in, that they were inspired by, specifically Riza from the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, yeah. RZA. And there is a great, and I've put it in our show notes for you and I to look at. Mm-hmm. There's this great like hour and a half hour long thing on YouTube where the Wu-Tang clan, this is like a nineties video that they put together. No way. It's called uh, Kung Fu and the Wu-Tang clan. Uh-huh. Clan, I think is what it's called where they're just talking about why they like this Kung Fu and you know, how it influenced them. Riza's not in it. And oh they, really? They repeatedly say, well, Riza can't be here because of stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on in the man's life at the time, but uh, <laughs> there's a reason why he's not there. And then there's just like, if the, if the movie's about an hour long, about 30 minutes of that, is just scenes from these movies of, of of martial arts fighting. Oh, really? So it'll give you a really good idea of what other things are going on in that time. Hmm. So, is because when did uh, the Karate Kid come out? Is like in the oh, 80s, Karate right? Kid was like nineteen eighty. I want to say eighty three. I want to say okay, because that I mean that was a a movie like it was inspired 
out of the kung fu craze that arose in the 70s? Am I wrong in like inferring that? Um, maybe a little bit, uh, but not. You know, that's that's a really good question. I would say it's it's more inspired from movies like Rocky. Oh, okay. Um, because that was boxing. And mm-hmm. so here is, well, let's do the same thing with martial arts and someone who's sure. being picked on and who wants to do that. I I would I would have a hard time saying that the Kung Fu movies of the 70s had a big influence on this because okay. this is like John Hughes meets Rocky is what the Karate Kid is. Sure. I just didn't know. I was like, oh, all the young kids like the Kung Fu, but we can't actually have young kids well, ripping off other young kids' arms. Well, but that's kind of what the message in, in Karate Kid is, right? Here you have somebody that's saying here's how to use karate right. for – good for self-defense for not fighting. Mm -hmm. And then you had the flip side, which is the Cobra Kai's uh, led by, you know, the uh, green beret guy who was in Vietnam, who is like, Hey, no mercy, break their knees, break their, you know, whatever you have to do to take down your enemy. That's what you need to do. So there is maybe a little bit of that. Uh, But I, I I would not say, and maybe our listeners will disagree, but I would not say that the karate kid was a, was any way inspired by okay. the, the Asian Kung Fu movement. Um, no, the Asian Kung Fu movement was its own thing. Okay. And not this. Not this. Okay. No. And we've watched Karate Kid on mm, Zach no. on film, right? No. I could have swore we have seen Karate Kid on mm. Zach on film. Mm-mm. No way. Yeah, no. Oh, my God. No, we never have. But you've seen the original Ralph Macchio. Oh, yeah. Okay, just yeah, making this sure. This is a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. All right. One thing that was interesting as I uh, started watching the wrong film for this week uh-huh. was... Originally, I thought, hey, you know, the, the the master of the flying guillotine is about a, a blind master yeah. who apparently in the one-armed which is boxer. A trope, which is a trope that happens all the time in oh, really? Kung Fu cinema. Yeah, okay. blind, blind master. Okay, so the blind master mm-hmm. in this movie, because the flying... The Master of the Flying Guillotine is a sequel to the one-armed boxer. Right, right. And so it plays in, and so he's like doing all these kung fu because he's really pissed because these two like young protégés died. But then it cuts to a se- uh, a title sequence mm-hmm. that is like so Tarantino. I said, oh, oh yeah. okay, this totally makes sense. I get yeah. it. And then as I got into it, I'm like, I actually don't think this is the right movie. Mm-hmm. But then I thought to cover all my bases, like I better watch some of this later just in case I was right. 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 Uh, in the Wikipedia... Apparently Tarantino says Master of the Flying Guillotine is one of his favorite movies. Yeah. Oh no. Which can, totally, can totally makes totally sense that. from yeah, just yeah. like crazy martial arts, and then it's like crazy. Like the title sequence for Master of the Flying Guillotine is all of these really vibrant colors just mm-hmm. being splashed over all the. Oh, the you're gonna you're gonna love. Crazy. You have never seen Man with the Iron Fists. No, I have. Oh, okay. oh yeah, no, it's because great. it's like. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, it's totally yeah. the exact same thing that that we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. Which is. Which is, again, very different from the Flying Guillotine movie we watched yeah, this week. Because yeah. it's a lot slower. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the violence, the, the violence is all, all ra- uh, wrapped up there. But we'll, we'll talk about that in ooh, a couple of weeks because we are off next week. Right, because it's a big celebratory Yeah, because we got the 4th of July holiday and we're not going to record on a Tuesday. And Zach can only come over on a Tuesday because that's when his wife lets him out of the house. Yeah. And those kinds of things. So Yeah, it's a, real, it's, a real, <laughs> it's a real unfortunate situation we have going on over here. Oh, yeah, you have to spend time with your wife. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's so horrible. She loves you so much. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Anything else about uh, Flying Guillotine that you want to talk about this week? No, I was just really impressed. I think this is the, my first Shaw Brothers movie probably. I've ever watched. And so is this is probably obviously not the most famous they've ever done. No, 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 no. Not even um, very close. I would say if we go and look, and you can do a look, is the most popular... Shaw Brothers out of all thousands of movies 
Uh, it's pretty easy to rank them up. Uh, here we go with uh, the Taste of Cinema has the 20 best. And okay. some of these are available online. Come Drink With Me from 1966. They have as number one. Golden Swallow, 1968. Uh, the Boxer from Shang Tung, 1972. Flying Guillotine in 74. Executioners from Shaolin. Five Deadly Venoms is 78, which is what we're watching next week. Um then we have the Deadly Mantis, a.k.a. Shaolin Mantis, 1978. Ooh. Shaolin Challenges, Ninja, a.k.a. Heroes of the East of 78. Uh, the 36th Chamber, which is another one that if you're on Netflix and you're looking for um, the Deadly Venoms, mm-hmm. 36th Chamber will also show up like right next to that. Ooh, okay. So that might be one you can look at. That's listed number nine. I think they're just listing these in the year that they were released. I don't think oh, they're actually that ranking is cheating. These. But uh, Dirty Ho, H-O, not Dirty Ho as in... With Return the of the 36th Chamber, uh, Crippled Avenger, Fist of the White Lotus, uh, also known as the Clan of the White Lotus. That's an, another one. I think that's Gordon Liu in that one, um, where you start to get the the, the old ancient master in there. Um, so this is really, I mean, watching all these movies is interesting because, mm-hmm. uh, as I mentioned in other uh, episodes in this little tiny series, is that it's interesting to me to see tropes that come on because even if we're just going through these apparently uh heroes that have been crippled in some way are like a big deal Mm because i see the one-armed swordsman uh the new one-armed swordsman yeah yeah yeah. Uh, we talked about the one-armed boxer Mm -hmm. or the blind master and so it's interesting to see these kinds of you know uh tropes continue to oh, yeah. pop up in the yeah, film yeah. so that's yeah you know, it's always and, good to see. you know movies like this have a big influence obviously mm-hmm. you see somebody's head gets ripped off or you know an arm mm-hmm. gets pulled off and people are like oh my god i've never seen anything like this yeah. give me more give me more and then suddenly you're entrenched into these movies and you could just watch them i mean i think there's one playlist on youtube that has 14 movies of the shaw brothers on there wow that you could just watch so yeah i mean this stuff goes on and on it's worth looking into if you're into that yeah um, it's super not realistic. Well, sure. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping, and, but again, as a kid, I remember when kids were taking the martial arts, mm-hmm. uh, we've probably all seen the Simpsons episode where Bart is supposedly goes to the martial arts to, to learn how to, how to fight, but he's gets bullied there. And so he runs away and plays video games. And so he makes up this stuff about how he's got the, uh, uh, the venom touch and everything. He's like, ah, or touch of death or whatever. And so he's <laughs> doing all that stuff. That's what I remember kids getting into karate when um, when I was in middle school and high school because of these movies because they're like, oh, yeah, man, we're going to learn how to rip somebody's arm off. And it's like, oh, God, I got to stay away from these guys because they're going to totally rip my arm off if they learn karate. And then, you know, about two months later, they all quit because it's like, oh, this isn't the stuff. And then, of course, uh, Karate Kid comes out and then everyone's like, yeah, you don't want to belong to one of those dojos that pull out butterfly knives and let you practice with nunchucks. You know, learn real karate. So, yeah, it's... It was a, is a crazy time, but I, I can see how young kids and I was watching, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that this movie, it's probably got an R rating flying guillotine, but I would say it's pretty tame, but my youngest, yeah. my youngest caught me watching it mm-hmm. and he watched until the first beheading mm-hmm. and then he just went screaming out of the room. He was just like, I can't stand this anymore oh, no. and just went running out. And I was like, well, you didn't have to watch it. Number one, buddy. And number two, it's all make-believe. And he knew that, but he was just like, that's too intense. Now, too much. the oldest, anytime there used to be blood when he was that age, he would go and hide mm-hmm. behind the couch or something like that. So it's like, okay, we have to turn this off. Right. But I don't think that this is, I don't think that this is too upsetting. No. I mean, if you know going in that 
okay, this is just make-believe and it's just for crazy fun and it's supposed to create feelings. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think it's, I don't think that's that horrible. No, I don't think it's that Deadly bad. Venoms next week might be a little bit a little more much. horrible. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, so I watched this and Aubrey was in the room mm-hmm. when I started mm-hmm. and it was dubbed. And oh, so okay. we watched a lot of it. And uh-huh. and by we I mean I did and then she fell asleep <laughs> and then I was I was talking to her about it today and I said so you hate foreign movies and you especially hate subtitles this was a foreign movie with no subtitles and it was dubbed does that make you you know more willing to watch a movie that is not in English or at least from America and she said no does not does not help <laughs> at all because it could be the really bad dub but uh, still trying to lock down her to actually watch a foreign film. But, All you know, right. well, it, the, the, the uh, case she's continues. Gonna, she's not going to watch uh, Five Deadly Venoms next oh, week. Oh, no, not a or Actually, not next week. Two weeks from now. Yeah. She's not going to watch Man with the Iron Fist. No. You might be able to talk her into Spirited Away. I think so. I think I could trick her into it. Okay. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to try. I All mean, right. you got to keep trying. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Zach on Film. Head over to Majorspoilers.com where you can find this podcast posting page and you can be like all of our great fans over there and can you continue the conversation in the comments of mm-hmm. that post. You can tell us about your favorite Shaw Brothers movie, what you like about the Flying Guillotine, and give us any theories on why it doesn't have that much of an internet presence and also why Critical Hit should have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> uh, while you're there, click on that Amazon.com link where you can go buy your favorite movie, most likely on yeah, Blu-ray. Yeah, you can get those. Uh, these, well, probably not these. Most of the ones that I saw were DVDs. So. Not, yeah, probably yeah. not these. Maybe your other. You could get Man with Iron Fist on Blu-ray yep. and get caught up for a couple weeks from now yep. on Zach on Film. Yep. It's not going to cost you any extra when you nope. use that link, but a, a little bit of that money will come to major spoilers help keep podcasts like this going each and every week. We do, do produce a lot of podcasts here at Major Spoilers, and we do want to keep them going. And we can do it with your help. If you enjoyed this episode and you think that it's worth a, a buck and you think all of our episodes that we produce for Zach on Film are work a, worth a buck an episode, then go over and sign up for the $5 a month uh, membership over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. If you uh, sign up at the $5 level, you can get a look at all of the episodes that are coming out in the months ahead before we wrap up and, and go on hiatus for a baby, baby wolf to be born. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you can check out things that are going on there. You can have other discussions. Um, you know, it's real interesting when you become a Patreon member because at one point when we switched from the list to this version yeah. of Zach on Film, uh, we actually allowed patrons and VIP members to comment. We made several tests of, well, what about if we did the show this way? What if we mm-hmm. did the show this way? And we released several test episodes and we uh, did what the listeners wanted, which resulted in in this uh, discussion and format of, mm-hmm. of shows. So hopefully you enjoy this. And uh, if you do, head over to member, or I'm sorry, patreon.com <laughs> slash major spoilers. Uh, we certainly do appreciate your support and it does allow us to produce all of the shows here at Major Spoilers. So next week we're taking a little break, yep. but we will be back in two weeks with more Zach on Film. This podcast is copyright 2017 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.